the mandala. As you, as you recite the mandala offering, uh, think of the motivation that brought you here. And as you making the offering, think of, uh, try to come up with the attitude where you have the courage and the, and the strength to give up what has not been working for you and also uh, uh, especially those things that we've had somewhat of a distorted conviction uh, or things that brings us happiness. So let's have, when we make the mandala offering, think of giving those things up because they don't really work. Okay? What's the, uh, you all have the translation? Yeah, oh, good. Do what happened there? Uh, all of a sudden came back. <laughs> Here is ground. Okay. Next page. Sangye Jadan Zargye Chonanda Janjo Badu Dhani Gyalsu Chi Dagi Chanye Gibe Sarnam Ki Drolla Benjir Zangye Jubasho the next, twi- the next two times in English. I go for refuge I go for refuge for the Buddha, the Buddha, Dharma, So this set the tone. By listening to Dharma, or by listening, studying, may I achieve the goal that I aspire to achieve, which is called Buddhahood. And why do you want Buddhahood? For the sake of all beings. Okay. All right, good morning, everyone. We're starting a little bit later than uh, <laughs> last time. <laughs> uh, we, I hope uh, we can get to page, the next page <laughs> this morning. <laughs>
So we are on page 50, very, very top of the page. Okay. <laughs> let's let's uh, look at that to understand where it's coming from. Let's go back to read just the very last two sentences on page 49. Okay. And that's not all. It is in fact by stepping on to on this path, well worn by all the Buddhas, that one eventually arrives at the very state all Buddhas have found. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense that you'd get anywhere except to some weird path or level that no Buddha or any other high being of the past has ever reached. You and I have no need to fear that we might ever make such a blunder, for we have the steps of the path for our practice. All this we owe through the great kindness of Lord Atisha and Lord Tsongkhapa. Okay. And remember, uh, right before that, Pabon Kadimboche said, uh, uh, this uh, steps of the path that we have right now that we are studying is not something that Lord Atisha or Dear Tsongkhapa invented. It's something that has been uh, Handed, on, handed down to us by the Buddha himself. And it's not just something that the Buddha himself invented, it's something that anyone who has ever become a Buddha, that's, what, that's the path that they have, that they have walked. Okay? And what, why are we, therefore, should, should we owe great kindness to Lord Atisha and Lord Tsongkhapa? Is because they made that path uh, uh, easier for us to understand. So they sort of like distilled all the teachings of the Buddha and they sort of like uh, 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 brought them together in such a way that we can say, oh, that's the first thing I need to do. That's the second thing I need to do. Or this is where I am now. That's where I need to go. Okay? So they've made it very easy for us to understand. That's why we should be grateful for Lord Atisha and Lord, and Lord Tsongkhapa. So people who have hopes of doing some kind of spiritual practice should study an unerring path such as this one. It's not right just to practice anything you can get a hold of, like some stray dog that gobbles down anything he can find. As the gentle protector, the Sakya Pandita, has said, even in some insignificant business over a horse, a gem, or the like, you check, ask everyone, consider it well. We see people taking pains like this over even the smallest matters of this life, gaining the ultimate goal of all our countless lives depend on dharma. Yet, we prize any dharma we might come across, not checking if it's good or bad, and act like dogs with a scrap of food. Wow, that's very harsh, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so what is he talking about? Uh... Can you think of uh, situations in your life where you might come in, 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 where you may have come in the danger of doing just that? So, and uh, my my question is still related to the question that I've, uh, somewhat related to what I said last time. What 
would make someone uh, think think of this person who who uh, takes pain over matters that, that are considered to be insignificant, like buying a horse or or buying something, take the pain to make sure that what they're getting is something that is worth is worth it is worthy. And yet, when it comes to dharma, they'll take whatever comes. What would be the what would be what would be in this person's mind that would make that person behave that way? Ego. Ego. Mm-hmm. Mm. Why do you say that? Because they're thinking about themselves and and instantaneous gratification to a certain degree. Um, thinking about the present, not thinking about the future. Mm. More of and just in the statement, more of a material gain than a. And, uh, spiritual also. Mm. But if, if 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 they don't have any idea of uh, not any any intention of spiritual gain, so why even bothering to pick up the dharma at, at all, even if it's not real dharma? Aha, that's something. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Form of spirituality is presented to okay. you, so uh-huh. you can't discern and distinguish. Good, good, good. Yeah. yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, thought that just came across my mind is perhaps it'll help you buy a gem or a horse or something. <laughs> you know, just sort of. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. By having something, some spirit behind you would help you better. Mm-hmm. Oh, that 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 would be. That would be that would fall under what might be considered to be in, insignificant dharma, like or oh, how to use this dharma, to dharma so you can so you can get stuff, a better horse. <laughs> this dharma will help you. But what is, what is in in that person's mind that would make that person do that? What's going on in that person's mind? Is it first of all is that person spiritually sick? <laughs> yeah, in such a case, would you say this person? Well, not socially sick. Socially, that person might be considered to be very healthy. Yeah, right. <laughs> Grasping. Grasping. <clears throat> but the thing is, the person is grasping, right? And so that spirit of grasping is, not, is making that person consider, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to get, I'm not going to just pick up any gem, I'm not going to pick up anything without examining it. And here's the Dhamma, they're going to pick it up why isn't the grasping making him say, wait a minute, I'm not going to just pick up any dharma. Let me examine it. Yeah. Why is it that when it comes to dharma, they don't examine it, but when it comes to picking up the gem, they examine it? It's, it's not the first priority. It's not the first priority. Yeah. Like if, if getting the gem, uh, if, you, if you see and you're convinced of the significance of what the gem will do for you, then you will be, then you will be careful. You want to make sure that you get a real gem, not, not some fake, not some plastic. More materialistic. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not necessarily materialism and spirituality, because the person has some interest in spirituality, he's, I mean, is going to pick up Dharma. I mean, he may have a materialistic uh, uh, motivation for picking up the Dharma, but still, this person, that, the example of this person here, why isn't this person being as careful when he's picking up the Dharma. And, and the, what he's what referring to here is not just like uh, how he picks up the Dharma, 
but what kind of dharma this person picks up. Like the example that you, you gave, like, here's a potion how to get gems. Okay. So that, so that someone gives that person, or oh, that's, spiritual, that's spiritual practice. Mm. And that person is, oh, I'll take that. Mm. I mean, the, 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 so picking up that might be uh, because of material, uh, material, materialism. But to, the thing is, someone presents something to you and say, oh, this is Dharma, and you just pick it up, you just take it without examining whether or not what they're, what, what they're giving you is exactly what they're saying it is. And, it, and, and, and it, it, it's the same emotion, the same, uh, the same attitude that makes the person pick up the gem. That's what's, uh, that's what's missing now with the Dharma. The person is convinced a, getting the right gem will get me something that I, that I really want. I'm convinced the gym will give it to me. So I better be careful what kind of gym I get. I have to get the right one because if I, get, if I don't get the right one, I'm not going to be able to get what I want. But when it comes to the Dharma, what you mentioned is most likely the situation. We feel somewhat uh, confidence, confident as to we can decide what's the right gem and what's the wrong gem. But some, perhaps we feel, may feel that we may not be qualified to decide what's the right Dharma, what's the wrong Dharma. So someone presents something to you as Dharma, and you say, okay, and you start practicing it without examining it. And, it, and more, probably because we don't, we, it, it is, it's something to do with ego also, but it's, it's like the reverse kind of an ego. It's like a, uh, I don't think I'm qualified to decide what's the real Dharma, what's a, what's, what's a fake Dharma. So this guy tells me this is real Dharma, I'll just take it. Right? But in the same way that if, if you are very concerned about Dharma will get me what I want, does Dharma in general will get me what I want? And when someone presents Dharma to you, then you will, you, will, you will want, to want to examine it and say, wait a minute, will this get, get me what I really want? What is this thing that, I'm, that, I'm, that, that has been given to me? Let me examine it so I can make sure that it will really get me what I want. Uh, I mean, you, you may still not know exactly what's real Dharma, what's not real Dharma, but at least you can sort of like uh, decide what's not, not, what's, not, what's fake Dharma in a sense of, Someone tells you, oh, if you, if you want to reach enlightenment, kill as many, uh, I don't know, uh, kill a hundred people and make sure you do it at two o'clock in the afternoon. If you do it at 2.01, you're going to miss the chance. But the chance to be enlightened, you have to kill the, that many people and you have to do it at exactly two o'clock in the afternoon. And you know for, for a fact what happens when you kill people. And, some, and somebody doesn't have to tell you what happens. For what would happen to you if you were killed? So, that you, you, some, if someone tells you something that you know already from your own experience is, cannot be Dharma, then if someone tells you, oh, this is what Dharma is, then you can, have, you can be suspicious about that. So that's, 
and, and if, you were to, if someone were to tell you something like that, so even though you don't know exactly what's the path, what's the real Dharma, but you can have a, a, an idea of what's, what, what is not real Dharma. What is, and what is Dharma? The path that leads to, you know, to Buddhahood, to enlightenment, to ultimate happiness, to true fulfillment of, of what, what, what it is to be a, 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 a sentient being. So, if you believe that the gem will help you get some true sense of satisfaction, <coughs> and getting a true sense of satisfaction is important to you, then you will examine the gem. But if, if on the other hand, like someone presents, someone presents spirituality to you, it's not something that you're too familiar with, it's not something that you're, you have much of an interest in, and you want to please the other, per- the other person so they could stop nagging at you, you know, do dhamma, do dhamma, do dhamma. So you just pick up whatever, just to make it seem like you're doing it. Because you're not really interested, you you're not really convinced that dharma is, is of importance to you. Okay. See, the underlying thing, the underlying uh, attitude, uh, uh, the underlying uh, uh, reason why someone may do this is because they don't really see the importance of dharma. That's one thing. Or, uh, um, uh, they're, all, they're already convinced of something else is more, is more significant. Okay. Does that make sense? Okay. <laughs> all right. And of course, uh, I hope we get to the page fifty-one so that because it's going to tell us what's what what, what like uh, how do you know what's uh, if the person this person for example how does the person know like how many people here can deal in deal uh, uh, in, as engage in horse dealing? How many of you? <laughs> how many of you have bought a horse? Small pieces. <laughs> <laughs> How would you know, for example, okay, that's a, you're, you're a good uh, example, and no one here has ever done horse dealing before, right? Okay. So how would you know if you're getting a good horse or not? How would you know? You'd have to go to an expert. You have to go to an expert. Good. You have to go to somebody whom you, whom you trust has, has the information on what's a, what's, a, what's a good deal on a horse. Okay. Good. So if someone were to give you a horse that's dead, and tells you, oh, don't worry about it, uh, it, it, it will... The water is so shiny and it will be good at you. Uh, so even though you may have, you may have no idea about horse dealing, I, you know f- from the beginning that it's not a good deal. Okay. Okay. You know, people who do horse dealing buy this kind of horse all the time. It helps them eventually. So no matter what they say, you know, you're not going to buy it. Okay, so there's that obvious. But when it's a horse that you can't really tell, you know, if it's disease or not disease because you, don't, you cannot recognize. So, so you have to go to someone whom you trust, who, 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 who you know has an experience, uh, a history of dealing with this kind of thing, so that person has knowledge. Or you can just buy it and wait for it. So next time you say, oh, I've, I bought one like that before. <laughs> I, I see the signs, and uh, that's not a good horse. 
Okay? Or you can just learn by yourself. It would take a few years, maybe a few decades or before you can. Yeah. <laughs> okay? So, you, uh, like, uh, 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 I mean, about how, how many people here knows what's a good diamond? What's a real diamond? Oh, do you know what to look for? Yeah. Okay. You, you can actually make a distinction? Clarity and color, uh, color yeah. and, yeah. Okay. All oh, those kinds of things. Yeah. So you look for clarity, cut, and color, and those kinds of things. Yeah. So you already have a list in your mind of right. oh, good diamond or di real diamond, and then you already have a list in your mind of what to expect from it. So if you already have a list in your mind of what to expect from good dharma, then you'll be able to somebody give you a dharma, Somebody give you something and say, oh, this is Dharma, then you're going to check it. Does it, have those, does it have clarity? Does it have color? Does it have good, uh, good cut? And if it doesn't have those things, then you say, oh, sorry, uh, not for me. And why would you say, sorry, not for you? Because it will not get you what spiritual, what the Dharma is supposed to give you. Okay? Just like a fake diamond is not going to behave like a real diamond. Like if you wanted it to, I don't know, to cut glass, for example, the fake one is not going to be able to cut the glass. It may look like it, but it's not going to do it. Right? So it may look like Dharma. People, somebody, call, somebody may call it Dharma, but when you practice it, it will not lead you to, uh, to, to the goal of, of what the spiritual path is supposed to lead you. That's, what, that's the distinction he's making here. That's why he said that in the beginning. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense that you'd ever get anywhere except to some weird path or weird level that no Buddha <laughs> or any other high kind of uh, spiritual practitioner has ever reached. Okay? Oh, making progress here. Actually, we've gone through two paragraphs. <laughs> That's just how it is. Even in very little matter of this present life, like when you're buying or selling something, you take a lot of care. You do everything you can think of. You run around and ask other people. You spend a lot of time thinking over what to do yourself. But no matter how big a mistake you make with something like this, it's not going to help or hurt you in some future life at all. Okay. If you meet up with a spiritual teaching that's wrong, though, you make a mistake that affects the ultimate goal of all your lives. Okay. So, even though if you're a diamond dealer or whatever kind of dealer or whatever you, you, you're dealing with, and you take great pain in making sure you do it, you get the right, you get the right thing, it will only be something that affects this life. I mean, if it works or it doesn't work, it, only, it, it, it effect will only be something that can be experienced uh, in this life. But the spiritual path something that will affect all future lives. If you make a mistake, it, that, will, that will have an impact, not only in this life, but in, in the future lives as well. Now, when you hear that, if you're not convinced that there is such thing as future life, so what's the matter, what, what's the use? If you're not convinced about the spiritual goal, that there is a spiritual goal, if you're not convinced about that, doesn't really matter. And, and it's not really the attitude 
uh, I would say it's not really the overt attitude that somebody has. Ah, pfft, what's the matter? What, what, what does it care? It's more in a sense of, you know, this is what your parent tells you, spirituality. You grew up, uh, you grew up uh, your parents told you, this is what spirituality is. Spirituality is uh, uh, going to that building every, uh, every, every whatever. Sunday at 11 o'clock. Every Sunday, okay. <laughs> Choose a specific day. Every Sunday at 11 o'clock, when you go to that building, that's spirituality. Okay? Then you're, then you're, you're securing your, your, your future life. Okay? If, you have, if you have no conviction that going to that building is going to do anything for you, but you are convinced that if you don't go, your parents will... Will, will do something unpleasant to you. So you go there to that building only not because you think that going to that building will secure your future life. You're going to that building because you don't want your, you don't want your parents nagging at you. Okay? That, that's your goal. I'm going to that building so I can avoid my parents nagging at me. Okay? And you go there. Okay? And when you're there, uh, uh, never mind. But if you were really inter- if you were convinced about the what the goal is supposed to take you, maybe a lot of you, not, not necessarily you, but probably a lot of you, you were very concerned about it. You were have you have some you had some measure of conviction about that goal. That's why you question what was happening when you went in that building. That's why you question it. You wanted to know, okay, here's my goal, here's what they're telling me, let me look at what they're saying. From what they're telling me, does it look like it will lead to that goal? Okay? And, and if you don't do that, uh, then you're not, you, you don't really consider, consider what is being given to you as being valuable. If what is being given to you, I mean, if you go to the store and you're going to buy something and the, and the person who's selling it to you say, don't, don't examine it. Just take it home with you. Just trust me. Would you, would you do it? It gives you a box. It feels empty. Just, uh, it's just a perception. Take it home. Trust me. Everything you want, it's in there. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not the good one, too. <laughs> uh, uh, if someone is handing you something and the person doesn't want you to examine it, automatically, naturally, you are suspicious. And if something is as important as this and it's being handed to you and you're told, don't examine it, you are completely in your right to be suspicious. Okay? So don't be afraid that, oh, I'm doing something wrong if, I, if I'm... This, everything else should be examined, but this is the category of thing that should not be examined. It should just be accepted. And you go on trying to force your mind to accept it. And unfortunately, you have a mind. And that mind refuses to be sus- not to be suspicious. Suspicious. Okay? And you think, I'm an evil person, I keep having this suspicion about this, this, this thing. Something is wrong with me. I'm not spiritual. Because spirituality means just accept it without examining it. Okay? So your mind is doing the right thing. 
if this is so important, you, you better examine it. Okay? Even if it's the right thing. Right? Generally speaking, a lot of us go off to some deserted place with the notion that we are doing, <laughs> that we are going to do some deep practice there. How many of you have done that? Well, not many. <laughs> but unless you go with some instruction in hand that is really complete and totally correct, and unless you work to dig down to its core, most of what you do won't be much more than simple, wasted effort. As Lord Milarepa once said, the point, if you don't meditate on advices passed down ear to ear, the place, you can sit in a mountain cave but only, do, only to torture yourself. Now, this might give you the wrong idea. <laughs> this is the wrong idea I think it might give you. Like, uh, for it, uh, let's continue. Uh, it will, we have to include some more things in there before I start talking. Now, the master translators of old undertook a great many hardships, journeying far to the land of India to bear authentic Dharma teachings back here to Tibet. But those in Tibet who followed their mistaken path couldn't live up to them as, at all. Really good water should be, should be, really good water should at the end of, <laughs> should at the end of ends trace back to some pure snow. Just so, whatever Dharma we choose to practice should have its ultimate origin in something infallible. In the very Lord of the Word, in the teacher, in the Buddha. That's the, that is the something that is infallible. You can spend a thousand years struggling to practice some Dharma practice that has no authentic origin. And you still won't get a single sliver of true realization. It's like trashing water to make butter. And here is the thing that you need to memorize. Well, not word for word, but you need to... These are the, the clarity, the cut. What else? Clarity, cut. What is it? Color. Okay? Therefore, we can say that the, the teaching we decide to practice should have been distinguishing, should have three distinguishing features. Okay. It should have been taught by the Buddha. Now we're going to, we, it's a good thing we got here. And now uh, we have our, <laughs> we have our uh, guest of honor. <laughs> okay. Now these are, these are them. These are the three distinguishing features. That's the color, clarity, and cut that you have to look for for it to be a dharma that is worth picking up. The first thing, it should have been taught by the Buddha. Second, it should have been cleaned of any... 
should have been cleaned of any errors. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't like that. <laughs> she came in and that sound came in and she's trying to stay. That sound goes in again. Okay, she's gonna make another entrance. <laughs> It should have been cleaned by, uh, by any, of any errors. So what does that mean? It should have been cleaned of any errors. And the explanation is, sages must have brought the teaching to its authentic final form, having examined it to determine whether any wrong idea crept into it after the Buddha taught it. So that's the second one. What's the first one? Without looking at the page? Taught <laughs> by the Buddha. Good. The third one, it should have brought true realizations to the hearts of master practitioners once they have heard, considered, and meditated upon it. And then it must have passed to us. This is the very important part because this is where we actually are through the various generations of an unbroken lineage. Okay. What's the first one? <laughs> What's the second one? Scrub. <laughs> What's the third one? Lineage. <laughs> okay. That's a good... That's a good, uh, good. So taught by the Buddha... Scrubbed, <laughs> and then lineage. Okay? Alright, we'll use that. So, it must have been taught by the Buddha. And my first question is, somebody, give, I give you this, and I said, this was taught by the Buddha. How do you know? How do you know? Yeah. How do you know it was taught by the Buddha? You're not there. You weren't, I mean, unless some of you were there when the Buddha taught it and you're still alive. How do you know when you're reading a book, that it says it was taught by the Buddha, that it was actually taught by the Buddha. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's, let's go to the second one. It was scrubbed. I mean, isn't everybody scrubbing? <laughs> I don't know what this guy scrubbed. Is, 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 uh, I don't know this person did the, act, the nice, nice job. Through the lineage. Okay. Unbroken, it says. How do you know it's unbroken? I don't. Because it was taught by the Buddha. <laughs> 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 How do you know? How do we know that? I mean, Jason Kappa lived in 1357, 1419. 1357, 1419. Right? That's a, little, that's a while ago. Yeah, that's still a few thousand years. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, uh, yeah, like you said, it's, it's still uh, 2,000 plus years after the Buddha taught. Okay. How do you know it was taught by the Buddha, first of all? And then this thing that somebody's cleaning up. How do, you know that, how do we know this person is qualified to clean it? And then what the person... Was what the cleaner came up with? How do you know that it has really it has uh, come down? To, it is exactly what this person has cleaned up that has been handed down to us. How do we know? 
And on why should we question it? We have the Theravadins, you have the Mahayana, and they're all arguing with each other. What, what is it that they're arguing about? Uh, what, what is the main point that they're arguing about? First of all, the Theravada says, oh, what you are calling Mahayana, that wasn't taught by the Buddha. So that's, that's one thing. So, who is, who is right? Who is wrong? Hmm. Yeah, look at it. Yeah. <laughs> so these, very, these uh, characteristics that, that are supposed to help us discern this is Dharma, this is not Dharma, these things are not so easy. The, the first one taught by the Buddha, mm-hmm. it seems if you want to take one, okay, one, one text or one page, mm-hmm. this is taught by the Buddha. If you already accept that all this other stuff was taught by the Buddha, which is like a big you know, caveat. You see, all this stuff is, then you can sort of match it up and say, like, does this jive? Does this, like, is this similar? Does this, you know, mm-hmm. does this, is this one of the, exactly the same as one of these other teachings? Or is it, you know, I can see, like, it fits in here. Or is it, you know, it's completely, you know, contradicting? Mm-hmm. You say, well, mm-hmm. and you can judge by that, but then you already have to, First, accept that all these things are the Buddhist teaching. Yeah. So there has to be a, like if someone presents you a, a, a you know, a, what do you call it? No, one of those texts, a scripture, a, a sutra. It's supposed to be, no, the sutras are supposed to be words of the Buddha. The Buddha actually spoke these words and they were uh, recorded, remembered and recorded. Okay? Somebody presents you a text you've never seen before and tells you, oh, these is an actual, this is a real sutra. The Buddha, or the words that are in there, the Buddha taught every single, the Buddha said every single one of them. And then you open it and you start reading it. How do you know that this was, this is really a sutra, this is a real sutra, that it wasn't just something that somebody made up the other day and give it the name sutra? So you, 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 would, you would sort of have to have already an idea of what the word of the Buddha should be. <clears throat> like if it's talking about uh, what's happening at, at, at Best Buy, <laughs> if it's talking about you know, uh, 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 what's the best washing machine to get to wash your robes, then, you should, you could, then you, if you're suspicious about it, then it's okay. <laughs> okay? So you sort of think back, well, 2,500 years ago, uh, there were no washing machines. How, is it, how could the Buddha be talking about washing machines? You say, oh, it's the Buddha, you know, he's enlightened, he, you know, he saw these things, and that's what he was talking about. But in the context that he was talking about it, monks, when you wash your clothes in the washing machine, make sure, <laughs> make sure you, you know, use a downy or something like that. I don't know. Okay? <laughs> then you can be suspicious. Okay? So, and the only reason that you can be, uh, have that kind of suspicious, you have to, even something that is said to be the word of the Buddha, you have to the, see that the final thing, the final authority, the final, dis, the, uh, the, uh, yeah, the final authority on deciding if this is the word of the Buddha is you. You have to use 
and 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 what uh, what is it that you have already that will help you make make a decision like that well the first the first thing is common sense common sense is a great teacher common sense is a great authority to refer to when someone somebody is presenting something to you to check uh, I'm sure and because of the how would I say uh, let's look let's uh, ex let's look at religion or philosophy or the path as uh, uh, let's, let's call it a device to help you get something, right? And then for that device to work properly, there are many parts, components to it that you have to put together, right? Uh, and some components aren't necessarily absolutely, aren't ne absolutely necessary for the device to work. Like, for example, a car, right? There are a lot of parts in there for, that, for, that, for, that, for it to function as a car. But it also has a color, it also has a shape, but those are not absolutely necessary. Right? So sometimes the Dharma that is presented to you, you know, it's, it must be presented to you, in, it must have a form for it to travel from, from one person to you. So sometimes all we see is the color, all we see is the form that is being presented. And we might get stuck with we might we might have uh, we might have a misunderstanding thinking that what we the form is what is the spirituality. Okay, and we have to be careful about that. Okay. You have to, we have to be able to know that oh, this is just a form. This is just the this is just the the means through which this is being transmitted to me. It's not necessarily uh, the actual uh, spirit. Uh, uh, realization of the Buddha that, it, that, that, that I'm, that I'm uh, perceiving right now. Okay. Uh, when, when the Theravadan, when, uh, uh, oh, okay, I don't remember, what, what year, what period was Master Shantideva? 700. 700? Mm. Okay, well, some few hundred years after the passing of the Buddha came Master Shantideva. And at, and at that time, already, there was, uh, there, was, there, were, there were the dispute among Buddhists as to what is uh, uh, what is authentic, what is not authentic. Mahayana Buddhism, Mahayana Buddhism was... Uh, Flourishing at that time, as a as an institution, as a uh, as a tradition, and and the uh, uh, Theravadan tradition uh, didn't accept a lot of the you know, it's like uh, the Mahayanas, uh, the people who are calling themselves Mahayanas, came up well I'm, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> they had in possession <laughs> these texts that, that they were calling these are sutras. And they presented to uh, people who were calling themselves Theravadin. And then Theravadin looks, looked at them and said, Oh, this is, what I, this is not what I am used to reading as being the word of the Buddha. I am suspicious that this was actually spoken by the Buddha. Okay. 
Or, like the Ryan mentioned, let's say, for example, uh, uh, well, I think it happened... Hmm, it's a good example. Modern time. I'll come back to it. <laughs> uh, so... The, the, you have the Theravadans who, who have this tradition that they've been practicing, uh, following for some time, and they're told, they are, they are, let's give an arbitrary number, there are 50 books that was taught by the Buddha. Or everything that the Buddha, everything that the Buddha has taught, we compile them into 50 books. Okay? And then someone comes with a book, and say, oh, this was uh, taught, uh, well, three books, that's it, not just one book, three books. And they say, this was taught by the Buddha. And then you look at it and say, wait a minute, this is not the first one, it's not the second one, it's not the 50th one. Oh, it's not among those things that have already been established by me to have been the words of the Buddha. So this is not the word of the Buddha. So you can say this person, you can, this person who say, oh, how arrogant of you to think that you think you know every single word that the Buddha has taught. So what this person is really saying is, I accept as authority what my lineage has told me. It's not that they heard the Buddha speak all those 50, uh, 50 books and only those 50 books. They have been told, hey, you've, you now entered our lineage. These 50 books, that's what the Buddha taught. And you accept it and you say, oh, yeah, that's it. The Buddha has taught these 50 books. And then someone else comes and tells you, oh, the Buddha taught this book also then you take as authority what your lineage told you. Only these 50 books, nothing else. So here's the Master Shantideva story, where I brought it up. So Master Shantideva now is in the Mahayana tradition. In the Mahayana tradition, they have more than 50 books. Let's say they have 60. They have the 50 that the, the Theravadins have, and they also have 10 extra. Um, don't take the number as being... The num just, I'm just making that up, the number. Okay. So, uh, and then... When, when Master Shantideva encounters a, a Theravadan and, and, uh, and the Theravadan says, uh, those ten books, the Buddha never taught them. And, and, and what Master Shantideva says is, how do you know? We are now living 800 years after the Buddha, 700 years after the Buddha passed away. What, is being, what we are following is what we have been told <coughs> is the word of the Buddha. So how do you know Buddha only spoke those 50 books? And, and, this, and, the, and, 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 and to add to it is even, and I'm going out of the, <laughs> these three things there, even if it wasn't taught by the Buddha, if it works, I'll take it. Because that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the whole point. The whole point is you're looking for a practice, what makes it authentic. What makes it authentic is that it actually brings you to, a desired, to the desired goal of, the, of, of enlightenment. Even if the Buddha didn't precise, de uh, 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 exactly, definitely, directly taught this particular Dharma, if this particular path actually leads to it, so do does it matter? Because that's, that, that's what authentic Dharma is supposed to be. It actually leads to the goal. Uh, what, 
and what we are, uh, for example, uh, even uh, questioning, should have been taught by the Buddha. What makes what the Buddha taught authentic Dharma? It still it has to be answered by that. It has to be, and it has to be, it has to be because it actually leads to the, to the goal. That's what makes it authentic. Hence, the Buddha will only teach what, since the Buddha is a person or a being, will only teach what will actually lead you to that goal, then that's why we say if it has to be taught by the Buddha. But it's, in essence, what this is saying is it must be something that leads to the goal. And the second part is that it's really it's saying someone has reached some level And then they look backwards into what is being, what is being presented as to, let's say, let's pick, pick, pick a, a level. Uh, mm, uh, once returner, okay? Once returner is a spiritual level, right? And never mind what it means. You could, I could call it uh, abulbula. Abu Dhabi is not a level, but I just made that word up. <laughs> okay. A <laughs> bu. So that's that's the, there's this authentic level called called that, right? And then you've reached and and you've reached this level, and you have all the signs. That, you know, it says. When you reach this level, these are the, these are the things that you, you, you experience. These are the things that happen to you, your body, your mind, your emotions, and everything. And then you look into your, into your life, you see you have those exact experiences that are described for that particular experience. Okay? So you know what you've done that brought you to that, to that, to that experience. So if you're looking at a, a, a set of teachings that says, this is what will get you to that, to that experience... And from when you're looking at it, you know, when you did that, it took you away from trying to ex experience that, 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 that uh, level. Then you can say, this is wrong. Okay. So these people who are scrubbing, the scrubbers, who are scrubbing the teaching, uh, is, that, is in the situation of Master Shantideva. Right? This one person who says, okay, this is how you reach... Uh, this particular level. And these are the instructions for achieving that level are in these 50 books. And then Master Shantideva is now presenting <laughs> 10 other books that says, this will help you reach that level. How do you know what these, what these books are saying will actually help you reach that level? Somebody actually put them into practice and they reach that level. Okay. So these are the scrubbers. And then when someone else brings, let's say, another set of ten, and then in those other uh, sorry for confusing with, with those sets of teachings, if someone else brings another set of teaching, and then you look at them, having reached that level that they are, that they are describing how to reach it, you can say, oh, I tried that, and I know it's wrong. Not only, I, not, only, not, only, not only me, I ask uh, Jeffrey, I ask Jennifer, I ask uh, Marie, and they tried that too, and it, it didn't work. And then it, it brought the same result for all of us, something that, something that w didn't work. 
So this definitely is not something that will, it's not authentic Dharma. It's not something that leads to the goal. Okay? Then you can say, then you can have the authority to say, this is not the Buddha's uh, instruction. Okay? So, if you're, uh, let's say in a perfect world, the Buddha taught this book. Well, the Buddha said, the Buddha said, said, no, the Buddha didn't write any books. That's the, actually the, the problem that, uh, uh, I think that's the problem with a lot, of, a lot of religions. Because a lot of times, the founder just speaks, and years and hundreds of years later, the follower starts to write it down. And then we know ourselves, we know our, how, how flawed we are, we know that there are certain things that we will forget. We know that if we were doing that, there, was, there, there might be something that we've heard, we may have heard wrong that we, we, we may write. Right. So we, we, it, is, it is right for us to be suspicious that someone else may not have, uh, someone else uh, could have undergone the same kind of problem maybe. Okay? So maybe the Buddha did teach something around that and maybe uh, the Buddha didn't actually say uh, uh, this word, maybe he said some other word. Or maybe this particular understanding, the person who was writing it misunderstood it and thought that's what the Buddha said. Because we know ourselves that we are able to make, able of making that, capable of making that mistake, so it's, uh, uh, it's genuine for us to think that the person who was, was transcribing this teaching may have made that, such a mistake. Okay? But in a perfect world, <laughs> the Buddha speaks it, and then the person who heard it, heard it perfectly, and then said it to someone else, and that person heard it perfectly, and able to, and, and what they retain, retain exactly what the Buddha said. And then they're about to teach it to someone else, and the person cannot repeat it uh, exactly as they, they hear it. They say, oh, I have to start writing it down now. So that person wrote it down. Okay? And now, it's being handed down, someone speaks it, and also there's a book for the parts that you forgot. Okay. Uh, and it's, and some uh, rival uh, in the perfect world. <laughs> Not necessarily somebody who has a good intention and thinks that this should be in there also, but somebody, somebody. Let's 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 say it's a, a real rival. Ah, I don't like those Buddhists. They're they're getting too popular. The king is sponsoring them. I want that money to come to me. So let's uh, infiltrate them and give them some false teachings. Okay? And, and I'll, I'll uh, disguise myself as if I'm a, a, a real practitioner like them. Okay? So they can really pick up that teaching. So, in, it, you know, we hope that it, it, it's, it's as black and white as that. Okay? So they come in and they, and they present, oh, these are the words of the, the, of the Buddha. Okay? And you're, oh, and the person looks trustworthy and you accept it. And you put it in the shelf with the other, with the other teachings, and someone else is coming in. Now we're talking about you know generations later, right? And that and there are these two teachings: the teaching that was the, the infiltrated teaching, mixed with the teaching that the Buddha actually taught. And then you and and it's up to you to decide now which one I should uh, practice, which one I, which one is will actually lead me to the goal. So someone who has actually reached uh, 
realizations, that person say, oh, these are the teachings that the infiltrator uh, put in there and remove them. And then what's left is the Buddha's teaching again, once more. Okay, that's the, at the second one, right? Now the third one where it says it must have brought authentic realization. Right? right? Page uh, 51. It must have brought or true realization to hearts of master practitioners once they have heard it. So now that second, that generation where they clean out what the infiltrator put in there and you're hoping that what is being handed to you is, is authentic. Okay? Now the third test is that the third test is really the real test. It's the test, the only test that you can, it's the only test that you can apply. Use your own, because you're not at the level of, of being taught by the Buddha. No matter what is the hint, how do you know that every single one of these books that are up there, that are being venerated, that every single one of them was actually taught by the Buddha? There's no way for you to know. And how do you know that whoever cataloged them, whoever decided to, okay, edited them, how do you know if they, if they, if they didn't make any mistakes, if they didn't add anything, if they didn't remove anything? We don't know. The only place where we can, where, where we are is that once you've heard it, you considered it, you meditated upon it, then it actually brought you realization. Okay, that's the only place. Now, the part about the lineage, how do you know the lineage is broken or not broken? My teacher was Kenbuche Gishilo from Tachin. His teacher was Kabje Chijon Impoche. Kabje Chijon Impoche was Pabonka Impoche. Pabonka Impoche's teacher was, well, one of them was. What is it? <laughs> oh no, I'm going to be punished. I'm going to go to hell. Well, I can say anything, right? You, don't, you won't know. Somebody Rinpoche. <laughs> Somebody Rinpoche. Okay? <laughs> the thing is, Somebody Rinpoche, oh, it's like, you know, that's at the tip of my tongue right. kind of thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, it will, it will, it will, yeah, it will uh, come out. <laughs> when it comes out, it comes out, don't be shocked, okay? <laughs> uh, so, uh, Somebody Rinpoche, that, no, okay, my teacher, uh, was born in 1910. His teacher was born in, let's say, I don't remember. What? 1901. 1901. Oh, you got the lineage there? And then Pabonga Nimboche? Uh, birth in 1878. 1878. And I guess this one doesn't go further than Pabonga Nimboche. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, Pabonga Nimboche, right? Pabonga Nimboche, so let's, 1870 something, right? So at somebody uh, is at least eighteen hundred, right? Let's say he was very old and he was born in eighteen hundred, right? That's eighteen hundred. 
you got a, a couple thousand more years to go until you say, okay, Buddha. I don't know anyone who can do that. How, okay, how can anyone claim this is an unbroken lineage? No one can do that. Every lineage is recorded up to a certain point. That, uh, we don't have that, that, that tree, that, that, that painting that's suddenly disappeared. It's not, even, it's not upstairs anymore. Uh, the, it's called the lineage tree. You have you know, your teacher, your teacher, teacher, your teacher, 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 teacher. It goes back to, these trees we're talking about, goes back to uh, Atisha. Atisha was 1100? 1100, right? Yeah, Atisha is 1100. That's still a couple thousand, you're still in the, a thousand years more of people to go back to say, okay, now the Buddha. Okay, Atisha's teacher was Matasalimba, who lived in Indonesia, or present day Indonesia. And who was his teacher? And teacher, 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 teacher. So a lot of these, a lot of these uh, lineage teachers, you have to say, you have to take, take it by faith. My, my lineage is authentic, not because I can, it's not like uh, every teacher, they give you a certificate and they sign their name, right? Going all the way to the Buddha. Buddha say, okay, this is my student and here's my signature. And then the next person now, and then it adds, it adds, it adds, it adds until you go back to the Buddha. So how do you know if your lineage is authentic? And, and this is one of the things that actually uh, creates a lot of division uh, uh, within Buddhism, within any religion. What you're saying doesn't go all the way back to the founder. How, does, how, how can you know if it goes back directly to the founder? Now, I just told you, my teacher uh, is, my teacher is, you can, you can sort of look it up. And I told you, his teacher was so-and-so, and you, know, you can sort of look that up. And I told you, this, his teacher's teacher was this person, and you can sort of look it up. And I can tell, and, you can, and we can sort of go back maybe to uh, the teacher of, no, somebody in Boche, the name hasn't come up yet. Somebody in Boche in the 1800, who was his teacher? It's not something that I've decided to investigate. And I, I guess I can somewhat investigate and then find out, okay, this teacher was so-and-so, this teacher was so-and-so, 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 until, until eventually they say, oh, yeah, this is authentic. It goes back to uh, the Buddha. So what I'm hearing now, the Buddha actually spoke it. By the time I found out, I don't know, I'll probably be too old to practice. <laughs> or I can just examine what has been given to me. Does it make sense? Is something that I know from experience that I've tried before that doesn't work? Or is it something that, is, that I've not yet tried and yet doesn't, it's not completely unreasonable that I can try? And by trying it, am I having experience that are positive? That's the only way for you to, to know that what has been given to you is authentic Dharma. That's the final. That's the final. Then, once you've applied it and once it works, then you can say, I guess it was cleaned. I guess it was taught by the Buddha. All these are just educated guesses. 
the only way, the only time when you will be able to say definitely it was taught by the Buddha, definitely so and so cleaned it, and that and that person was, uh, I say, authentic now, not uh, authorized. No, well, what's that word? That person was uh, qualified to do the scrubbing, and. Uh, and that's how, and this teaching that I'm receiving is, is that the only way for you to say definitely is for you to actually reach the goal. And when you're omniscient and you can see everything, you can say, oh yeah, I see the Buddha teaching it. I see it's going now, going now, going you, you can see all of it in one moment. You can see it in three days, two days, one moment. And then you can, then you can see it directly. So until you reach the end, really reach the end of the goal, there's no way for you to definitely say this teaching is authentic. This teaching not not authentic, but this teaching was taught by the Buddha. You may discover one day, perhaps, a teaching that was not directly taught by the Buddha, and what I'm saying is going to sound sacrilegious, uh, <clears throat> maybe something that was not directly taught by the Buddha was taught by someone who had some experience, some, some, uh, some, uh, some authentic realization, and then actually leads to the goal. And how do you know that that particular thing, although it, reached, it, it helped someone reach the goal, wasn't actually taught by the Buddha? You have to reach the goal. So until, since it's going to be a while before you reach, actually reach the goal, so before you don't let that be uh, the deciding factor, or it was taught by the Buddha, to be able to pick up a practice. Let your own reason let you know. And let your own practice let you know. If you're, while you're doing this practice, definitely you can uh, link awful, uh, well, that does not sound good. <laughs> you may all quit. Uh, <laughs> but you can definitely see how this thing is only leading you astray then you can say, this, is not, this, was not, this must not have been taught by the Buddha. And still it will be a speculation. Okay. So, uh, I'm not giving you the, uh, the party line <laughs> in, in, in transmitting this teaching to you. I'm supposed to tell you, this book was taught by the Buddha this book was clean of errors by great sages and, and they brought it to its authentic final form. This book brought true realizations to hearts of master practitioners after they've heard it, after they considered it and meditated upon it. That's what I'm supposed to tell you. So you can decide, okay, this is worth reading. <laughs> Still, it will be just my words. That part is not part of the lineage. <laughs> okay? So no matter what you're being given, uh, even though it has the name, the, the, the couch around it, this is authentic. Just because it has the, the person who's telling you seems to be somebody who's, who, who, who you can believe, and just because it has the decorations around it, authentic, that does not make it authentic until you put it into practice. 
And some teachings may be authentic, and yet they may not work for you. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Oh, what does that mean? <laughs> After you say that, you're giving a teaching and the, the, the cover of the teacup falls on the floor and it goes around three times clockwise. <laughs> it means... <laughs> okay, did I uh, stir some questions in your mind? You want to share those questions? <laughs> okay, what are those uh, color, cut, and clarity as far as the Dhamma is concerned? How do you know? What are, what are the things that you should examine <laughs> when someone hands you something and says, This is Dhamma? This is the path that leads to authentic spiritual goal. What are what are the things to 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 what are the things what the criteria to look for? Number one, huh? Uh, number two, <laughs> number three. Okay, you got it. You can you know when someone else asks you other than me with wearing a robe, you can say those words. <laughs> so you know for all the different sects. Yeah. Yeah. So, the Definitely, yeah. yeah. And if you look at uh, even uh, the things that they're, that they, 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 they seem to be the point of, uh, uh, how do you say, dispute among them, you, you, if you focus on the core, you can say, oh, I can see the core in what they're saying, I can see the core in what they're saying. And perhaps what they are disputing about is just the, the form right. of it. Okay. All right. right. <laughs> so I mean, uh -huh. so you said uh, uh, you don't you don't know if something's uh, going to work until you try for a really long time. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it's it's not like it's, the thing is not. You, you give it to it and you try it out. You, 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 you consider it first. And you meditate upon it. Then you try it. You have to go through the, you have to go through the steps. So after trying it, then after trying for some time, you, you will start seeing results. And so, certain things like, uh, uh, like say for example, kill 100 people at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, and if you start implementing that immediately, you you, uh, you might see yourself in jail before <laughs> you know before long. Or even if you reach two hundred, that's a hundred, two hundred. That keeps changing. If you reach the hundred, and you say, okay, uh, where's my enlightenment? Yeah. But if you had considered way before, then you wouldn't have to go to all that. Uh, I mean. Unless you, because two o'clock doesn't happen yeah. all day. <laughs> right, right. You have to, you have to at least a hundred days. Hmm? Fifty. Fifty days. 
51. No, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Ah, you could be very smart and go like that and jump on an airplane and go to all the... <laughs> what time is it? Oh, okay, next. <laughs> Pilot, go. <laughs> No, some people don't just die like that, you know, some people are stubborn. <laughs> they can get shot in the head and they refuse to die. <laughs> okay. All right, let's go. Uh, okay, that's it. Sashi Puki. <laughs> Itam Guru Ratnamen Dalakam Yuryatayami. Page 26. Right? Yeah. Gewa by this virtue, not these accumulations of merit wisdom, and achieve the two holy values that arise from merit and wisdom. Okay. All right. Uh, Eleven fifteen. We'll come back. Resume. Okay. Il faut de méditation, méditation.